Our gospel lesson this morning is going to come from John's gospel. We're going to be reading John chapter 20. We're reading verses 1 through 23. And I invite you to understand as you are able in body or in spirit for the reading of our gospel lesson. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb and saw the stone had been removed from the tomb. So she ran and went to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved, and said to them, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we do not know where they have taken him. Then Peter and the other disciple set out towards the tomb. The two were running together, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent down and took it, looked to look in and saw the linen wrappings lying there, but did not go in. Then Simon Peter came and following him and went to the tomb. He saw the wrappings lying there and the cloth had been on Jesus' head, not lying with the wrappings, but rolled up in a place by itself. Then the other disciple who reached the tomb first also went in and he saw and believed. For as yet they did not understand the scripture that he must rise from the dead. The disciples returned to their homes. But Mary stood weeping outside the tomb. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb and she saw two angels in white sitting where the body of Jesus had been laying one at the head and the other at the feet. They said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, They have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. When she had said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not know it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, Woman, Jesus said to her, She said to the gardener, said, Sir, if you have take, carried him away, tell me where you have laid him that I may take him away. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned and saw him and said to him in Hebrew, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said to her, Do not hold on to me, because I have not yet ascended to the Father. But go to my brothers and say to them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went and announced these things to the disciples. I have seen the Lord. And she told them, what, told them the things he had said to her. While it was still evening, the first day and the first day of the week, the doors of the house where the disciples had met were locked for fear of the Jews. Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. When he had said this, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. I always love this John passage for a lot of reasons. It, it, it's one of the main Easter texts we preach from. And so it's always one of my favorite texts in the Bible. The Bible's full of so many beautiful and dare I even say funny things like this text. Brian did a great job this morning at the sunrise service talking about who the other disciple was that, that was there. Most scholars think it was John. We don't know for sure, but that's what most scholars think. I love the fact that if it was John, he included the fact that he beat Peter in a foot race. Like, in all the Bible, for all of human time, for the rest of time, everybody knows, yeah, Peter, you were the head of the apostles, but I'm faster than you. Isn't that petty? Don't you love it? I mean, isn't that, isn't that exactly what we would do? That's, that's tough. If me and Tim were in a foot race, and when he beat me, you think he, you, you knew he would let me not live that down. We ought, to, we ought to have a foot race after church today. What do you think? Front yard? Me and you? You will totally win. I mean, I'll try to cheat and beat you, but I think you'll win. I agree with that. I've never been known for my quickness. I know I look very quick, but I'm not. So good to be back in this place this year. I don't know if you remember. I, it's funny how, you know, Facebook will pop up memories 
from, uh, from in the past. And I've seen some memories from this time last year pop up on my Facebook feed. And I think to myself, oh, weren't we cute? We were so adorable but a year ago, weren't we? Oh, this is not going to be a big deal. We'll be back to normal by June, won't we? Yeah, oh, June, we'll be back to normal. And I look back and think, oh, if I could just go back in time and tell myself, oh, Andy, you have no idea. <laughs> you have no idea all that's going to happen this next year. And you have no idea all that's going to go on and all the stuff you wish you knew and all the stuff that you thought you knew that doesn't matter anymore. You have no idea. And I think if we look back on the last year and think, man, what, what a year we've endured. But that's the thing, y'all. We've endured it. We're here. The Bible says, to the one who overcomes goes to the crown of life. We've overcome. We've made it to this point. We've made it back to Easter. And now, this is not exactly a normal Easter. We look, we're going to have great crowds. We're probably gonna, not going to be crowds like we've had in the past. And we're all sitting there. Many of you, you're all wearing masks. I've got my face shield on to preach to you. It's different. Many friends are watching online right now. It's different. But we're here, y'all. We're here. If you remember last year for Easter, my, my, kind of the overarching theme uh, of my sermon was kind of taken from, well, the Bible, obviously. But then uh, one of my favorite uh, songs from Bruce Springsteen entitled The Rising, which is a song written after 9-11. It's a song he wrote to kind of commemorate how, how bad it was in New York after 9-11. And he wrote about the fact that he knew that there would be a rising up again. And that life would win over death and that things would return back to normal. And that to me was a kind of a song of inspiration last year to, to know, to know even though we didn't really know what we were looking at yet. And even though we weren't really sure what the future would hold. And even though we weren't really aware of what all would happen, I had confidence and we had confidence that we would rise again. Why did I have that confidence? Well, because we serve a risen Savior. He's in the world today. We serve a God who is alive, as our kids told us during the children's moment with their happy faces. We serve a God who is alive, and death has not contained him. He has overcome even death, and he has risen. So we can move forward in our life, no matter how difficult the circumstance, with the hope of resurrection, because we are resurrection people. So that is how we could stand there last year without a vaccine. Without even really knowing what we're doing. With, with all this unawareness of everything that was coming our way and say with full confidence, it'll be okay. It'll be okay because of the resurrection and because of Christ. And we had a hope even in the darkness of last year. Because our light is not the light of this world. Our light is not the light of culture. Our light is not any of these things. But our light is the light of Christ. And that flame has not and will never be extinguished. So we have hope. We have hope. Because life always triumphs over death. So as we return to normalcy, after the rising, I've been thinking a lot about what's that look like? What's it look like to go back to normal? What's it look like after the rising? What happens then? I know you are all like me. Every Friday morning, you wake up about 4.30 to watch the newest episode of Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I know you do that just like I do on Disney+. Plus. 
Because I just like I know that before that you woke up at 4.30 to watch WandaVision every, uh, every Friday morning. That's all of us do, I'm sure. I don't know how many of y'all been watching the, uh, the, the, the Disney Plus stuff that I watch all the time. But it's really interesting. I don't know how many of you kept up with the overarching Marvel story, but there was this moment where the bad guy Thanos won. He snapped his fingers and half of living beings vanished out of existence. Then the good guys rallied in the in-game movie, and they won, and they snapped them back into existence. What's really interesting now are the two shows that have come out after all this happened, WandaVision and, WandaVision and Falcon and Winter Soldier, are asking a really interesting question. What happens now? Now that half the folks who were gone have come back, what does life look like? What is life like when all this chaos has happened? What does life look like when now billions of folks have come back? What happens next? And it's a really fascinating question to think about. What happens when all these things happen? And that's got me thinking as a preacher about the resurrection. What happens post-resurrection? Because today is a wonderful day and we get so excited and we come and he is resurrected and he is alive. So we have these two things kind of dovetailing together, the truth and the power of the resurrection and our hope as people for normalcy and resurrection in our daily life. You know, I kind of see two themes of resurrection happening now, the resurrection of Christ and the resurrection of our hopes and dreams and life and fulfillment. We, we see these two things coming together. And so we're so ready. I think the resurrection is so informative because we're so ready for things to get back to normal. But you know what the resurrection tells us? We can't get back to normal. Because normal's now changed. Normal's now different. I mean, how can you get back to normal when the gates of hell have been shook, y'all? How can you get back to normal when the power of death has forever been defeated? How can you get back to normal when sin has forever been crushed? How can we get back to normal when everything has changed? How can we do that? It's not even possible. Normal's not even an option. Normal's not even a goal. Normal's not even a dream. Because the resurrection screams to us. There's something better. There's something better than normal. There's something better that comes after the resurrection. Look at the text today. After we see our boy John win the foot race, Jesus comes back and he appears. First, he appears to Mary, and I love that scene there where Mary sees him and doesn't recognize him. It isn't until uh, Jesus calls her name that she recognizes him. And we don't know why that is, but my theory is always the reason why Mary could not recognize Jesus is because she had been crying so hard. Her tears hid Jesus from her. Maybe in this last year, the tears of frustration or anger our disappointment, our bitterness have welled up in your eyes. And as these tears have welled up in your eyes, you've asked the same question. Mary must have been wondering, well, where's Jesus? But we see that Jesus called her name and then she recognized. 
Sometimes our tears blind us from Christ's presence. And when our tears have blinded us, we've got to be listening. Because he will call our name. So Mary meets him. And then Jesus appears to the, to the disciples and shows them his hands and his side. But then, but then it, it, it is, this isn't just show and tell with Jesus. But Jesus gives him a mission. Go, as the Father has sent me, so I'm sending you. Go and forgive folks of their sins. As the Father has sent me, so am I sending you. Jesus didn't come back and say, okay, guys, hey, I'm resurrected. Let's go back to walking around Galilee like we were before. Maybe you want to go back to fishing or go back to what you were doing, just, just like before the resurrection. Let's go back to normal. That's not what Jesus does. Jesus comes and says, see my hand, see my side, see what I've gone through, see what's happened. And as the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. The resurrection changed everything. And nothing's back to normal. Because how could you go back to normal after death has been defeated? He sends them with a mission. With a goal. With a plan. To go into all the world. And make disciples. We used to joke when I was a kid. I'm so old. When I grew up, the way you fixed your TV was you smacked it. Some of y'all remember that. You just, your, t- your TV was, fl- it was on, the, on the fritz. You just gave it a whack. And that somehow, somehow that fixed it. I don't quite understand. The en- you engineers can explain to me how assaulting your television fixes it. But it did in Bogachetto. Daddy used to call that making an external adjustment to the internal components. I always liked that line. Nowadays, what do you do when something's messed up? Just unplug it. <laughs> we were having some computer issues before church this morning because we always have computer issues before church this morning because I truly believe that the devil lives in the wiring of every church. That's where the devil's home is. His home is not hell. His home is in the wiring system of every church. That's just the way it works. Maybe that is where hell is. I don't know. But you just pl- turn things off. Do a reset. Just do a, just do a reset. You do a hard reset. Turn it off. Turn it on. Let it sit 30 minutes. You call tech support. The first things they're always going to ask you is, had you turned the computer off? Have you, that's always the first question. Have you turned it off? Have you done a hard reset? Have you done that yet? That's how you fix things. You reset it. A couple years back, I took a hard reset. Took a summer sabbatical. Didn't preach for about 12 weeks. Went to church every Sunday because I can't help myself. I didn't preach. Didn't visit. Didn't write any blogs, didn't put anything on Facebook. Got off Facebook, as a matter of fact. Got away and reset. Because life was okay. But it was starting to spin out of control a little bit. We've had a hard reset this past year, y'all. Yeah, we haven't gotten to go everywhere we wanted to go. But I know I've spent more time, more time with my kids the last year than I had the previous 17. You know? And not, and not just 
quality time, just quantity time, just lazy doing nothing time, watching stupid Netflix shows. Yeah, I wouldn't wish COVID on any of us again. I would not. But I'm thankful for that time that I spent with my family. Without the pressure of having to go and do and go and do and go and do and go and do and work, work, work and go, go, go and ball games and this and that and school and the programs and this and that and going and going and going and going and going and going and going. That's life, isn't it? That's what life is. Go, 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 go. Monday meeting, go. Now, go, go, go. Is that what we want to go back to? Is that what we want to go back to? Is that the normal we desire? I heard an old parable about a, a guy talking about how his schedule was always too busy. And a friend of his says, You complain about your schedule, but every morning you're getting up and making yourself a tuna sandwich. You take your tuna sandwich to work. Then you open your lunch, you see your tuna sandwich and said, tuna sandwich again? I hate tuna sandwich. If you don't like tuna sandwich, don't make it. This last year, in many ways, as difficult as it has been, has liberated us from the hectic rat race that most of us live our lives by. I want to get back to normal. But I want to get back to a post-resurrection normal. A normal where my life is not intent on always going and always doing and always being busy and always having to be successful and always having to grow and always having to do all this stuff that I feel the pressure to do and that you feel the pressure to do. Because that's exhausting, y'all. And if we're going to be honest, if we go back to a year from now, Back a year ago, how many of us were truly happy with how life was going? We probably had moments of happiness, but I bet we were exhausted. And I bet we were tired. And I bet we were probably a little bit angry. So as we go back to normal, I want to go back to the normal that Jesus tells us about in this text today. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. Go out, love people, forgive them, and point them to me. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. So I want to go back to a normal where my eyes are not fixed on the success of this world. So my eye, where my eyes are not fixed upon the success of other people, where my eyes are not, or my, my worth is not found by how busy I am. Because if we're going to be radically honest, in Madison, that's probably our biggest sign of success is how busy we are. I don't want to be bound by that measure of life, but I want to be bound by a measure of life that finds myself fully, completely, and totally immersed in the resurrection power of Jesus Christ. Because what else is there? And what else matters? And what else counts but the resurrection of Jesus Christ because he has overcome the gates of hell. He has overcome death, sin, and the grave. So as we think about normal, as we think about what it looks like after the rising, I don't want to be normal. I want to be better than that.
there's a couple in our church. I, t- I text them when I was working on the sermon. I said, hey, can I tell this story? If you, don't, if you say no, I won't tell it, but I really want to tell them. I said, sure, of course. We have a couple in our church, Jimmy and Kathy Young. I don't know how many of y'all know Jimmy and Kathy. They're, they usually sit right in the middle up here. Sometimes they mess with me and tw- switch services, but uh, they're, just, they're just a delight. I hope they're watching. They aren't going to be with us today, and they're, on, they're traveling today, so I hope they're watching this. Jimmy's a curmudgeonly old, crusty fellow, and I want to be just like him when I grow up. I love him to death. Learned a lot from him these last few years. Jimmy and Kathy have a beautiful home, beautiful home. They have a, they have a, 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 a cypress tree or a pine. He's going to get mad at me for getting the, wrong, getting the tree wrong. But he has a huge tree in his backyard that's 200 feet tall, like a Christmas tree. Every year they decorate with the Christmas lights. You can see from all over the neighborhood. Just this huge 200-foot Christmas tree all lit up literally like Christmas. Beautiful home they have. Beautiful home. Um, Jimmy was in the, in the Navy, stationed in Japan, and fell in love with Japanese architecture. And this house that they have is, is laid out in, in the Japanese style. Very open rooms. You walk in, there's a bonsai tree right as you walk in. Be- lots of windows. Very simple, very elegant. Just, 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 just a wonderful home, some gardens in it, and just, just a great house. I moved here in 20, 2015, yeah, and that time, the house caught fire, burned to the ground completely, and that home meant a lot to him because that was the home where Jimmy and his late wife had raised their kids. Where she battled illness. Where the grandkids came and played. That house wasn't just beautiful because of all that it, how it looked. But it was beautiful because all the life that was there. And it burned down completely to the ground. The tree was saved, thankfully, but it was a loss. Do you really want, do you really want to build back? <laughs> I mean, you really want to build back there after seeing not just a house, but memories gone. And they decided to build back. But they built back in an interesting way. They built the home back almost to the T of what the original house looked like. And if you looked at it, you'd look at it now and it'd look almost exactly like what it was Except here's the thing, if you look a little bit closer, you see improvements all around. Neat little additions technology-wise, neat little additions architecturally-wise, neat little additions with paintings, and neat little, just little, little things all around that you have to be looking for to really appreciate. They took the best of what was there before. It made it even better. They didn't do a frame-for-frame reshoot. They didn't make it exactly the same, but they took the best of what was there before the fire and rebuilt it, making it even better, but adding to it new life and new beauty and new joy. They took what was there before the fire and brought back the best and made it even better. Y'all, as normalcy returns, we can build the house back just like it was before. We can be just as busy, 
just as stressed, just as overworked, just as overconsumed, just as tired as we were before. We can totally do that, make it just like it was before. But do we want to do that? Or do we want to live out the power of resurrection and keep the things that are joyous, like family and friends and activities and concerts and music and hugs and things like that that are beautiful and that are amazing? And we bring these things with us because of the power of Christ. But we make it better because instead of focusing upon the world, we focus on the resurrection. Instead of focusing on careers, we focus on our mission. Instead of focus on looking like we have a bunch of friends, we truly invest in the friends that we love. That we're never too busy to spend time with our children or grandchildren. We're never too busy to go by the nursing home. We're never too busy to help a friend out. We're never too busy to live out the life-changing grace of Jesus Christ. I don't want to go back to normal after the rising. I want to go back to the resurrection power of Jesus after the rising. Because that is where life is found. Not in this world, but in our Savior. So friends, on this Easter Sunday, what do we want to be after the rising? May we live with our eyes on the cross and resurrection in our hearts. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for the power of the resurrection. We thank you for the power of Jesus, for his love, his life, for his everything. God, help us to live completely and fully in your love today. Help us to live after the resurrection. We love you. We ask it in Christ's name. Amen.